Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Thursday morning and I want to take a look at the Haftorah. Today on the 27 uh, Tishrei, which I think, yeah, it's, this is being sponsored by the Rechtan, by Estelle Rech, uh, Mrs. Rechtan, uh, because this gracious is her husband's um, Bar Mitzvah Parsha in honor of a uh, special birthday coming up. Uh, I guess his Bar Mitzvah took place uh, not two years ago, but more than that. <laughs> um, and... Um, and let me say that uh, Dr. Rechtand is very well known as uh, with children of survivors. And as uh, Mrs. Rechtand said, it's maybe good that the survivors are no longer here to see what happened this past week, which is a revival of the Holocaust, as we all know. Now, the Parsha of the Week is always the Parsha of the Week. The Haftorah of the Week is always the Haftorah of the Week. So because that's the case, because we're going through such tough times in Eretz Yisrael now, as everybody knows, uh I said, I know, I am aware that this week is going to be Machar Chodesh because Sunday's Rosh Chodesh. In spite of that, I want to do the regular Haftorah of Parshas Bracious and call your attention to it. And maybe, based on my remarks, you might be inspired to look at it, which I would invite everybody to do, only because it's striking to me, uh, it's kind of scary, um, how it talks about our current matzav. This is the prophet Yeshayo, the prophet Isaiah, talking as he always does about the Jewish people's stubbornness and this and that and the other, you know, and and uh, constantly complaining because, remember, Yeshua lived during a time of his own Holocaust. I'm talking about the invasion of Judah by Ashur, which really, uh, you know, the, the Assyrians did exactly what these guys are doing. I mean, uh, I would even say if you go genetically, uh, you know, just, this is just, uh, it, it seems to me that, uh, you know, if you want to parallel Take a look, uh, take a look at, um, go online and look and, uh, on Assyria, A-S-S-Y, Assyria, and uh, go to images, and you'll see the famous uh, wall, uh, you know, carvings and friezes and steles and things like that, and they're boasting how they are torturing people, killing babies, impaling victims, poking out their eyes with, uh, you know, spears. I mean, you can see these pictures. So in other words, it's mamash like Hamas. Uh, they didn't even hide it. Now, because of the PR, I'm sure some of the savvy Arabs are saying, you know, let's uh, start denying this stuff. Because uh, that's what you do. You just say it didn't happen, you know. It's the Middle East. You just lie. And um, mamash what we saw the Hamas doing the other day. They would be doing it at this minute if the Israeli army didn't counterattack. And God only knows what they're doing to the, to the you know, captives and prisoners for whom we're always dominating at everything in Gaza. I mean, my goodness. Uh, Karen told me, my wife, that, you know, some father in Israel said, I'm glad my daughter was killed she, uh, because if she have to go through the torture and all the other stuff, be worse. Yeah, I, I mean, I hear the Vard. It's, it's, it's a terrible situation to be in. So when, uh, so I'll tell you what, what struck me. 
if you go through this Haftar, which is Isaiah 42 and 43, uh, depending on whether you're Ashkenaz, Fard, and Yekes and all that, but, you know, most of us do, uh, you know, the whole business 42 and 43, um, very specifically 42.5 to 43.10, if you want to get down to it. So here he's talking about um, God's, I guess, frustration, you know, with the stubbornness of the Jewish people. And to cut to the chase, it says... Uh, which we always say in davening and this is Isaiah talking of course and so what he's basically trying to say is God would like to exalt the Jewish people by living a life of Torah they'll be grand and glorious but we aren't like that because we constantly fail Isaiah says to rise to the challenge for who am you see what he says about us? Um, bazuz b'shasui. We are a people who has robbed and spoiled. Bazuz and shasui. That's what the people near Gaza went through this past week. It's amazing. I mean, in other words, read it and it's crazy. Uh, hiding in, in holes. I mean, I ask you, is this not exactly what we're reading about? All the people in these uh, kibbutzim and places like that. The one, I'm talking about the ones who survived. Sadly, there are many who hid inside holes and were kept and were discovered and killed in horrible ways. I saw somewhere that they put a gas, you know, poison gas someplace. I don't, I don't know exactly which stories are true, but it's unbelievable the parallel. See, that's what I'm saying. You can't skip it and say we're going to do Machar Kodesh. I understand how logically we are, but I'm just saying it's, and I don't know why God arranged it that way, but everybody should. Maybe people don't pay attention to Haftorah anyway, you know. Uh, I can't imagine that there are shoals going to have a Kiddush Rishon this week. But unfortunately, I can't imagine it, so I take that back. Anyway, so look what he says. They're, they're, they're hiding in holes, trapped trapped in holes. It's like a pach. So that's exactly... <laughs> no, you don't have to come up with some Hasidic interpretation. This literally happened the other day. They were trapped in holes. Ubabote Kloim Hachbu, right? And they're hidden in like prisons. The, right now, I'm asking you this question. Where are the hostages in Gaza? Where are they? Ha, right? Bote Kloim Hachbo. They are being hidden by the enemy. Agreed? In in prison situations. In tunnels somewhere in Gaza. I don't know, you know? Hoyu Lavaz. They're exposed to shame. And we know what that means, especially the female captives. The Ein Matzil. <laughs> Meshisa. They're exposed to being a prey, P-R-E-Y. You know, that is to say, they're being ripped apart. The Ein Omer Hashav. And there's nobody who can tell them to stop. No one says Hashav means restore. Bring them back. Okay? Uh, I Again, I ask you. Now, Mrs. Rechtan is right. It's a good thing, you know, <laughs> let me put it this way. I'm glad my parents aren't alive to see this, you know, and, you know, after they went through World War II and others like that. I mean, uh, so let me read the Pesach again. Now, for those who want to know, this is Yeshayo Membez Chafez. Hu am bazuiz, bazuz, v'shasui, hafeich bachurim, uvabate kloim hachpu, Hoyu Lavaz, 
Ve'ain matzil, meshisa, they're exposed to meshisa, ve'ain omer hoshav. Okay? I mean, that, that's what the Pesach says. And what does he go on to say? The prophet Yishayahu, mibochem yazin zos, speaking to the people of his generation. Okay? Mibochem yazin zos. Who is listening to this? Let me see the English translation here. Who among you will listen to this, pay attention, and give heed from now on? Now, what do you mean, listen to this and pay attention? So Rashi says, Mi bochem yazin zos, from the word ozen, lo seis leiv zos. Who is putting in his heart, meaning who's contemplating deeply, religiously, I guess, the meaning of these events? He's complaining and knows that nobody's doing that. Yakshi v'yishma achor. Who is listening to this, right? And, you know, is, is uh, how would you translate? Yakshi v'yishma achor. Let me see how you cap on here. Um, who will pay attention and hear for the time to come? Nah, that's not a good translation. Yakshi v'yishma achor. He listened and, and, and moved back. That is to say, be moved by this. Okay. That it, so in other words, we're contemplating the terrible situation of the Jewish people. Now, he was talking at the time of the Assyrian invasion. We are talking at the time of the Hamas invasion. Mean, and the Apostle goes on to say, they should ask themselves, Who is it that gave over Yaakov to be despoiled, to be, you know, uh, you know uh, how do you translate despoiled? You know, to to rip them apart, the Jewish people, and who exposed Yisrael to be taken over by those who would bozazim, who would take them labuz, right? Halo Hashem, tanulo. It must be that we did a chet, says Yishayahu. For lo alba bedrachav haloch, they didn't want to go in his ways. For lo sham Now it's just interesting to me. You could read that as rhetoric. I'm serious now. That you say lo alva bedrach of halach lo shamba seroso is two bizundra things. I mean, is one is all the same thing. Lo alva bedrach of halach. They didn't want to walk in his ways. Lo shamba. They didn't want to say his Torah. I would say that these are two distinct, you know, uh, points he's making. Uh, how were we chotet to him? Well, literally, Hashem zu chatanulo a lo alva bedrach of halach b lo shamba bedroso c. To me, not going in the ways of Hashem, that's the, that's the period, the, the uh, disunity. Right? is halachic violations. Again, what's been going on in Israel, that they're tearing each other apart until a week ago, less than a week ago. Today's Thursday. Last Thursday, I'm sorry, it's painful, but this is the Haftorah that we have this week. Or we would have this week, if not for Rosh Chodesh. So, in other words, nothing is coincidental. It's strange to me that matters are so organized that people are not going to read this, which which, which is weird, because people should read this, in my opinion. And the reason I say they should read this is the Jewish response to catastrophe, I'm talking about the religious response to catastrophe, and we've had plenty of catastrophes, and maybe before Saturday, this past Saturday, maybe people told themselves, as we all want to tell ourselves, 
that the catastrophes were in the past. Now we're living in the 21st century, we have an Israel, we have an army, and we have this, that, and the other. So that's all in the past. That's for Tisha B'Av. That's for the fast days, and for the historians, and all that kind of stuff, right? That's for books you buy in the bookstore. But it's not for us now, today. And sadly, it turns out that, the, the, you know, it, it's not exactly so. Uh, what we saw this past week is more than the Crusades, for example, Okay. So, uh, and that's with Israel and with all the rest of it. So you say, how can you have a big army and this happen? The army could be asleep at this witch. The country could be cut with his pants down. Such things do happen. But then, if such things happen, which is weird, who made that happen? See? And he goes on to say, because of that, I'm just reading the words. Therefore, God poured out his wrath. I mean, I don't think you need any interpretations of that in light of current events. He poured out double anger, chema and apo. I would describe the events of last Saturday, Sunday, as and also right? The, the the power of war. Notice, there's the military side, you might say, right? Uh, the might of battle, and uh, and then there's the Chema Apo. So the Ezuz Mulchama are those soldiers and other heroes who fell in combat and were wounded. I know a few, personally, and I bet you a lot of you do also. People who fell in combat. Ali Felman just told me this this morning, some relative of his or whatever, was uh was killed defending their uh, I think the kibbutz or what or Moshe, right you know all in that area. Now they shot it out with these guys, and fell, and others I don't want to say names you know others who were wounded and so forth. That's Azuz Mulchama. Um, and even the guys that didn't you know you get traumatized by the PTSD and all that business. But Vayishbalach Apo is not talking about those that fell in battle. They at least defended themselves. And it was something, you know, I don't know if it's an even Stephen, but at least, you know, you got a gun or you got something. You can, you can fight off. You can take these guys down with you. Uh, and they did. As you know, you don't need me to tell you the stories. You can see it all yourself when the, we all get these messages on the internet. But the people of Apo, those are the civilian victims. The men, the women, the children, the elderly. Uh, again, I don't want to go into the gory details because you know what I'm talking about. Even the President of the United States was eloquent on describing but when we see the kind of things that somebody have imagined, somebody's living in a, in a moshav in a kibbutz, and all of a sudden these guys show up, and it's just beyond, beyond, horrible to contemplate. And all these terrible things are happening. How do you translate it? He poured out, uh, it blazed around them, but they paid no attention. It burned them, but they did not take it to heart. Isn't that amazing? Right? Now, Rashi, and I understand why, tries to spin it, right? In a in a nice way. Because that's the style of Mepharshim when possible. So Rashi says, Rashi <laughs> That I brought terrible sufferings on the other Middle Eastern nations, so that Klai Yisrael should see it and take Musr from it, but they didn't. 
right? Yodeya who else should follow Yoda? Yodeya shall dosh ba'akev. L'chashiv l'havin zos v'loshim merisho. So this is actually remarkable. And what I mean to say is as follows. We all saw terrible things happening in Israel last week. But the per- this is, I'm just telling you what Rashi said, don't shoot me. But the educated observer and everybody listening to this is that knows this stuff has happened a lot in the last 10, 15 years. Actually, the last 20 years or more in the Middle East. It's mamish what Rashi says. What are the words of Isaiah? It blazed all around and they didn't chop. It burned. They didn't pay attention. What has been happening in the Middle East? Oh, let's just say the last 20 years. In, for example, Syria and Iraq. These countries have gone through the most unbelievable tortures civil wars, and A is wiping out B, and B is wiping out A, and then you had ISIS thrown into the whole business, right? Which was so bad that the U.S. and the other countries had to get involved. I mean, we kind of forget this. We're thinking, this came out of nowhere, and it hit Israel suddenly on Simcha's Torah, and it wasn't expected, and it's just terrible. It's a Peronius. But the Navi is saying, these kind of things actually... Or a little more than that. Did the people of Israel, now I'm just telling what Yeshayo is saying, I'll be Rashi. Did the people of Israel, or you and I, to be perfectly frank, did we say, wow, look at all the terrible strife and unbelievable tortures that's going on in Lebanon, in Syria, and in, and in Iraq to take three countries next to Israel? In the last two decades at least, and Lebanon's going back 50 years. And I don't want to get too detailed, but, you know, actually for 50 years, Iraq and, and Syria, I mean, Syria had been ruled by Assad, and Iraq was ruled for a so long time by Saddam Hussein. They, the kind of things we saw where they um, kill babies, chop off heads, burn people, torture and rape. I mean, that's that's called Tuesday over there. I mean, you know that. The only thing is we told ourselves very smugly, that only happens in those Arab countries. It could never happen over here. You see? I mean, if I read, you know, that they blew up a million people in some terrorist business in Damascus or in, uh, what do you call it, in, in Baghdad. No, what do you expect over there? But it has nothing to do with us. So what he's trying to, what Yeshayo is saying, I'll be Rashi, is, why did I, that you're supposed to ask yourself the following question. Why is it that these things are happening in the vicinity of Eretz Yisrael? If you tell me they're happening in, in uh, Southeast Asia or, uh, you know, Southern Africa, so it's a human tragedy, no question about that. You know, I'm happy about it, but you can say, well, maybe it's not Nugay to us. Really, really, it, it probably is, but let's say it's not Nugay to us. But if it's happening in our Dalanamas, or if it's not in our Dalanamas, in our Tuchum Shabbos, <laughs> 2,000 Amas away from us, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, border Israel, or, or kind of border Israel, I'm there, Mamish in the neighborhood, as you know, Israel's fought with them. And those countries were mid-potates, each one in its own way. Uh, and the human suffering that's going in those countries, that one in, that one perpetrates on the other, and it's not over, by the way, 
is unbelievable. I know you don't follow Middle Eastern news, most of you, but let's take, for example, Assad in Syria. This guy, who's killed a million people and, you know, another couple million ran away to Europe and stuff like that. I mean, last week, there was a terrorist, I think it was last week, there was a, a, a Hamas, it's not Hamas, but it's like Hamas, the, the, the jihadist group in, in Syria. Uh, they made a surprise attack on a West Point graduation in, in Syria and killed everybody in the West Point class. Now, I understand why they did that, but I'm just telling you, this huge violence is going on all the time over there. So, It's amazing. Yeshayahu says, ask yourself, who runs the world? Hashem. So who caused all this stuff in Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, or wherever else it is? Hashem. Why is he doing it within, as they say, the Dalanamas or the Tchum Shabbos of Eretz Yisrael and Medina Yisrael? So, as he said before, Kadesh Yisrael, Yiru Yisrael, V'yichumusr. Right? I'm just reading Rashi. Right? And so we should say like this, we better not do Averis, and if we and we better do Tshuva, and we better get our act together, um, because otherwise it could hit us. But Velo Yoda, Zokta Rashi, Yodeahu. The Jewish people knew that they're not, you know, uh, doing the right thing. El Shadosh Ba'akev. But there were, you know, Dosh Ba'akev means you, you, you trample with your feet, meaning they were so hooked on it. They were so used to it that they couldn't change. And so, what exactly happened? Now, listen closely. What exactly happened in Lebanon and in Syria and in Iraq, for example? The body politic felt ripped apart. I'm serious. You know, you can study it. You can see, you know, this political group and that political group and the other groups tore apart. Instead of holding one country with a single parliament and, you know, one form of government, each one went into business for itself. I'll use language that you'll understand also. Everybody knows what happened in Iraq was the Shiites, the Sunnis, and the Kurds all, you know, fall apart and they're all killing each other. Instead of saying, let's all unite and have a single country where everybody can get along and there be rights for everybody. Similar things happen in Lebanon and in Syria. Well, guess what? What's the lesson you're supposed to learn from that? What's the lesson you're supposed to learn from that? It is, don't let this happen in Israel. Don't make a situation where this shavit pulls apart from that shavit and starts fighting each other. Well, what has actually happened, sadly, in the last year in Israel? The body politic tore apart. We have gigantic demonstrations. Thank God it never got to the point of violence, although it's always been on the, on the, on the verge. Agreed? The from versus the non from, the right-wingers versus the left-wingers, the Likud versus this, the government party, the other parties. They're tearing the country apart over judicial reform, all the rest of it. Now, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong on this. What I mean to say is, it may be that the people in favor of judicial reform are right, maybe that they're wrong. But it's not Kadai to rip the country apart and shred the whatever octus is there over some political specific matter. Now, what's the reaction to many listeners is going to say, I guess, it's, but it's your fault or it's their fault. Right? Rabbi Katz, you got it all wrong because you don't understand it's all the fault of the other side. And what Yeshayo is saying is, no. Hevesi Peronis Alumas, Kadeshi Yisrael, Yerovichumusser. That Yisrael should have said, either let's work this out 
or let's put this away, or let's not happen because it's because the price for being right and 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 tearing apart the social fabric of the country is not worth this specific piece of legislation, either pro or anti. Now I know I'm oversimplifying, but nevertheless, the big picture, the big lesson is really there. There's no question. And so here we are talking about a prophecy, a text, which is 2,500 years old. It's actually more like 2,700 years old, I guess. And uh, and it's amazing because everything I just read you has been going on now. Uh, he even told you the background to it, that for the last 20 years, or 25 years at least, at least, actually in Lebanon, 50 years, we should look around us. They say, and I know you've heard this, that in Sodom, the volcanoes were burping for 52 years, I think, if I remember correctly, in the Medrash, before the city was destroyed. You know, they're belching. That is to say that Sodom was near a, count, a sort of a Mount Vesuvius-type situation. And the Musar skill of that was to be that the city could be destroyed at any time. So don't act wickedly. But the people did act wickedly. So that's exactly what Ishayo is saying over here. That's exactly what Ishayo is saying over here. Anyway, I think you get the point. If you understand what I'm talking about, uh, I strongly advise you to take a look at the Haftar this week. Not the one we're going to do until I get that, but the Isaiah one. And especially the Pesukim that I just read you, which is chapter 42, verses 21 through 25. That's not so much. That's five Pesukim. And you tell me, if you don't see, that's like pointing a finger at the current Matzov, and hopefully it should give us uh, food for thought and sober us up. Because according to Yeshayo, that's the concept reason that all this happens, is to provide for us food for thought. And Kadeshi Yiru Yisrael V'yichu Musar, and we shouldn't go, and uh, and what did the Einstein say? You know, continue to do the wrong thing, thinking that things will change. Anyway, that's how I see it. Um, I think it's an extremely uh, Nogea Haftorah. I'm sorry to say, and uh, I and and just to keep up on, to have a a, a from attitude, Torah attitude, not a from me attitude, but a from attitude to current events. I think everybody should really read and be mayan in these psukim. Again, I want to thank the Raftan family, and this would be uh, for his host for a uh, uh, happy birthday and uh, bar mitzvah commemoration for her husband, Dr. Manny Raftan, and that all of us should hear the uh, Suros Tobas, from, especially from, from the Middle East, from, from the Israel situation. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.